Hello, this is Dan Elliott. I'm the athletic director at Mount St. Joseph Academy. This is Adam Greenlees, coach of Fairhaven Union High School Baseball. This is Abby Bennett, softball coach at Proctor High School. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the Inside, Inside Pitch. Pitch. Play ball! Brought to you by our season sponsor, the Rutland Regional Medical Center. Healthy you, healthy together. Okay, we're back with Inside Pitch. This is Bob Fredette. We have a very special edition for you today of the Inside Pitch. I have two people who are representing Neshebe Golf Club. Matt Wilson, who's a general manager. Cody Larson, who's a superintendent. And uh, if, you, if you're not up on what's been happening with Neshebe, it's been a club that's been under some financial stress uh, for quite a few years. And uh, it's recently been purchased by John Milney. Of the of a Waterbury group, uh, including his family, and uh, of course, this is huge news. Neshebe has often been perceived as one of the real jewels of golf in this area, and uh, we're all very happy to to see it that it's back on financially firm footing. So, fellas, you know, I got to ask you right off the bat. I mean, because you've been there and you've lived through some of this. What was your reaction when you actually heard that that it was going to be purchased and things were going to turn around? Uh, not having. Um, a board and being owned by one person, total excitement. Um, and you're just answering to one person. You know, it, it's, it's John. John makes the decisions. When it's done, it's done. So it, it's, it's awesome. It's unbelievable. Okay. And nice to have a job, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Nice to have a job. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I'd like to I'd like to talk to you fellas about what you have planned for the course. I mean, is if if nothing were to happen to the course, just the way that things are right now, I think you'd have a good reception. But what has it been like? What has been the reaction from the public to that? Uh, you know that the course is going to be opening a first season here. I mean, I, I've I've talked to a lot of people, and and what I've heard has been very positive. Um, you know, we did do away, unfortunately, with with lifetime members. But, um, you know, everybody has, has been very positive with the reaction uh, or with the purchase. Um, you know, it, it, these guys saved the golf course. Um, it could have turned into anything, but they saved the golf course. It's, it's, it's just, I mean, I feel it's, it's just a great thing. Um, and, and Cody, I know, you know, did a wonderful job last year and this year, not having such a, a tight budget, hopefully, um, will make the golf course even better. I don't hard to believe that he can make it better because last year was so good, but we'll see. What has been as far as reaction is concerned, like actual like numbers, people like starting to join? I know it's pretty early, but are you seeing any indications um, that that's going to be a good? A, absolutely. A good I mean, and last year, um, you know, I was pretty aggressive and, and did an early special um, for memberships. And um, by January 1, we had 40 members. Um, the purchase was done on January 7th. I started January 8th. The prices didn't get out probably until that Monday or Tuesday. And as soon as I put them out, um, you know, we're, what, 25, 30 days into it, maybe. Um, and we've already got 65 members have joined already. So it's... I mean, right there, that's that's pretty positive. When last year we had a total of 144, um, and out of that, about 80, 88 of those actually paid. It was the 58 full-time um, 
lifetime members that okay were added on as well. So, so I think just with that that right there, sixty five. That's it, it's that's pretty positive. Yeah, that's really positive. That's really positive. And I should clarify that when you said you did, you were doing away with the the lifetime members, none of us have been shot. Okay, so <laughs> because uh, well, <laughs> uh, you know how that sounds here, uh, Cody. Let me ask you. I mean, right off the bat, I mean, you've been well, God, you know, you're the heritage of of superintendents in your family is very deep, and your father was uh, the superintendent at, at Rutland for many, many years. Your mom's a superintendent. Uh, you're a superintendent. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of wondering when when you see this course, uh, what what is what do you see? What's the, what's the reaction from you? Because you played it also, you know, in high school, I'm sure, and now you're in, in charge of it. So, what do you see as far as like the potential for this course? I've always had a great respect for the golf course. I think it's some of Durkee's best work in the area when he redid the 11 holes. Um, always loved it growing up playing. It's just a great golf course, always has been great. I think taking it a step further, you know, we can get there. Um, the last two years, I came into a situation where we needed to make cuts, cuts, cuts. It was all about cuts uh, to try to make it. We were trying to scrounge out to continue going. Um, but now it's going to be about value added to the course. And I think that's going to make a significant difference going forward. Um, I want to try to limit our carbon footprint on the maintenance side. We've switched to some hybrid greens mowers, and I think you know we need to be more conscious of that moving forward into the future. You know, they're moving towards autonomous mowers completely. Mm-hmm. I still like to have a good crew and have my guys paid, but I mean that is the future of lawn care and turf, which is pretty astounding to think of but boy it is really <laughs> just mowers out there on their own you program yeah, them and yeah, off they go that'll be guys like us will be able to afford that technology in 10 years i think wow that would which, be amazing which will just be wild but wow. i think uh improving the naturalized areas on the course and the un- unmown areas mm-hmm. and i'd also like to uh plant a bunch of wildflower mix on the course to protect the pollinators i think that's it's very important going forward as you know the bee habitat is yeah. declining wow that's that's a very global approach here i don't know if that's is that is that common in the industry that should that, that should be that pretty common you yeah know? that's yeah. the next step in the industry for sure wow wow that's amazing that is just amazing so there are, are plenty of areas in 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 and around, and around the course which have been like pushed back and trimmed back are we actually talking about bringing some areas back a little bit more in to, to fill in, like, you know, with uh, the grass, you know, the tall grasses, things of this nature? Right, exactly. Just the areas that are out of play for, you know, 90% of the golfers. Yeah. Completely out of play. You're yeah. always going to get the few people who find it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the, the areas that don't get trafficked often, I let them naturalize, you know, the past two seasons just out of lack of labor, yeah. pretty much, and lack of equipment. But, you know, there's value that can be added through those naturalized areas. You know, you grow some nice fescue, native grasses, and like yeah. the wildflowers I was talking about is also, a, you know, a nice touch. Yeah. And it reduces your um, your fuel, labor, all all around. I mean, that's what more golf courses are going to. It's, it's not wall-to-wall perfect green 
landscape anymore. You know, you need need to be conscious of what you're putting down right. and what you're actually doing. Right. Okay. Well, let's let's stay there right now because this is a very interesting subject, I think. But uh, right now, I mean, I, you don't have a real big staff there, but how many really theoretically, how many people can it run to run a golf course if we do all this mechanized things that you're talking about as far as mowers are concerned? I still think you'd need on a golf course our size, you know, 150 plus acres, you'd need three to four full-time people. Yeah. Because stuff will always break. You're always, you're always right. going to need that mechanic to to fix the equipment. Of course, you need to be a electrical engineer to fix that equipment, I fear. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hopefully you could just plug it into a diagnostic tool and it'll point in the right direction. <laughs> okay. So you don't own your diagnostic tools too here. So. All right. All right. Tell me now, what do you what do you see like happening more short term and what's what's long term down the road here? If, you know, given your like blue sky, you know, uh, look at the course, if I could have what I can have. Well, I think short term, you know, I just want to pick up where I left off and start to start to add value by um, improving the playing surfaces and we got the VGA's attention last year you know we're getting the mid-am back I would love to get continue to get VGA majors yeah um, cycling through Nash because it's a great golf course for a competitive event and it's also great for for just the average player and I think I've respected the course for that as well just because you know you can be a great golfer you can be a very novice golfer and still enjoy the golf course. Um, I think long term, we need to improve the efficiency of the irrigation. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the old holes have old style irrigation. Um, it's not aut- automated like the like the system that was built in '94. Mm-hmm. So it's all manual. I, if I have to, if I wanted to go water at night, I'd have to go out there. In person at night and yeah. go around to each impact head and turn it on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like doing that much. So I don't blame you. Uh, I think, you know, five, ten years down the road, it'd be nice to complete the system and, and make it all autonomous. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, it's, it's funny about Neshebi. It's one of those courses that it's it can be very, very wet in the spring. And then, like, three weeks later, there are places that are really, really dry here. And it's... That's something that, uh, you know, particularly on this side of the river where there's, there's a lot of clay-based soil, it would be something that could really be, you know, are you, or is that something you're looking at, really? Is that all fall into the plan that you're talking about? It does. Yeah, it does on the, uh, what side? That's the east side of the Neshebe River. Yeah. 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 So uh, everything on the other side is all all the new system. And uh, so far it's pretty maintenance-free. The, the soils don't heave that much around Mm-hmm. Even when the frost is penetrating them and the frost is coming out, it doesn't seem to heave too much as opposed to other golf courses that are plagued with irrigation breaks. So yeah. knock on wood, um, the soils are pretty good. Hello, this is Tom Haley, sports writer for the Rutland Herald, and you are listening to The Inside Pitch, the Rutland Herald's local Sports Podcast. Brought to you by our season sponsor, the Rutland Regional Medical Center. Healthy you, healthy together. Now, one thing I have to ask you this, we were joking about this uh, before we came on live here, 
uh, is about uh, how, you, how you make the greens better because the greens have, re- have been there, have been really <laughs> good for so long. And you're, you're kind of telling me it's an old family secret. but I, <laughs> <laughs> Sure, you're hearing this from the members here. I just kind of wonder, how do you make greens that are so darn good better, really? You know? <laughs> well, that's the goal. Um, this year, I don't know if we'll see much improvement. I don't know if they can get much better. <laughs> yeah. uh, tooting my own horn, but no. No, no, no. <laughs> they, they can always get better. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's um, with, with the new mowers that are – Coming in this week, uh, the hybrid mowers I was telling you about, Yeah, I think it will allow us to still maintain our greens at the highest quality, as same as last year, and then allow us to do other projects around the course because it's going to make us more efficient. It's only going to take you know, two man hours a day instead of eight man hours a day to mow all the greens. Yeah. So that that's going to be huge. Um, as far as making the greens better, you know, I'm just going to try to fine-tune um, – my fertilizer program, mm-hmm. you know, my nitrogen inputs inputs need to be steady. Uh, I don't want any flush of growth. And then keeping the mower blades sharp, you, you got to keep them sharp. The quality of cut is everything, just like a, yeah. a surgeon's scalpel. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of maintenance on those mowers, isn't it? It is. It's quite a bit. People don't realize how much actually goes into the maintenance. Yeah, how, how often would you service a mower? I would say if you can, um, the bigger clubs are probably grinding the reels every two weeks just to touch them up and keep them sharp yeah um guys around here are doing it once a year or once twice a year maybe if they're lucky yeah yeah does that all fall into the program that you have right now as far as you know what what you're what you're being budgeted to do i mean do you have time to maintain it to maintain i'm gonna try we'll see i should have some more time on my hands this this season with the new equipment and i got my same crew coming back and they're phenomenal so Okay. Well, what is the size of the crew right now? I'm going to have four full-time guys. Great. That's great. Okay. Okay. Tom Provencia back? Oh, yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's a workhorse. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I keep telling him to mow the rough over there, but he doesn't seem to get around. I probably shouldn't hit into the stuff anyway. So, okay. Okay. Uh, Matt, let's talk a little bit about the uh, – I mean, we've talked about the course. I'm kind of talking, wondering about what is going to go on in the clubhouse areas, what's going to go on as far as scheduling events this year. Uh, how, is it, how is it looking? Uh, is it, it looks pretty busy already from what you showed me last week. Uh, right now, um, I believe we have 19 events scheduled. Uh, that's including the VGA events, uh, as Cody was talking. Um, we have um, VGA four ball in the spring, um, which is a Saturday and Sunday, um, which includes five other courses. Um, and then we have a men's state day um, that week uh, as well. We have a couple ladies uh, events, uh, ladies uh, state day. Um, We're working on a couple other tournaments for the women. Um, We also have the um, men's Vermont AM qualifier uh, at Neshebe again. Um, And then later in the uh, year, we have senior four ball uh, VGA event. I think that's it for VGA event. Oh, and the mid-am, mid-am obviously right. the mid-am, yeah. um, which is we're excited to have. And, and like Cody was saying, we're I pushed really hard to try to get the the Vermont AM, um, but when they offered the mid-am, obviously we we jumped on it and, and said absolutely, um, even with not knowing um, 
what was going to happen this year. Right. Um, right. You know, I wanted to get us in the books, and, and if they were offering it, we wanted it. Um, we do have our, our normal events. Um, you know, we'll have a GE event, um, Densmore Electric. We have some other other ones, um, Sons of American Legion, um, and then some local other local events. Um, we haven't put together a solid schedule yet for our members' events. Um, we're trying to keep those similar to the dates of, of previous years um, because it coordinates with all the other area golf courses. So when Rutland or, or Proctor Pittsburgh have their member guest or member members, you know, we schedule ours so it's on different weekends. So most of the guys play it same at different courses. Um, you know, you'll, if you go to these events, you'll see very similar faces yeah. at all three. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, golf course, um, clubhouse, um, you know, we're not going to make any major changes. Just spruce it up, do some painting, um, you know, change the curb appeal, um, you know, um, and that was one of John's biggest things when he, when he took over the, the business was he wasn't going to reinvent the wheel. Um, he was just going to try to, to fine-tune it. Um, so he's coming in, clubhouse itself inside. He's going to renovate a little bit, do some painting, um, sand some of the woodwork, you know, um, again, fine-tune everything. Um, it's It's... It wasn't broken. It's just it just needed some some, mm-hmm. some fixing. So it's it's very exciting, um, you know, just the small things and and having an input on everything that he's he's looking to do. Um, you know, he always he always comes to Cody and I and asks us, you know, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about that idea? It's just it's it's very nice to for him to come to us. The guys that are that are actually living the day-to-day business, and uh, and John, if if you don't know, is is also a PGA pro, so he has a lot of insight as to uh, you know what what works on the course, what works you know in the clubhouse areas. Uh, any specific events or any specific, I'm sorry, causes or or projects which he's got you guys kind of sold on that he kind of brought up that he that you really like. Um, well. You know the 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 youth movement it, at every golf course. G- golf itself is is on the downswing, and you know y- you got to try to get the youth more involved. Um, you know we've tried junior programs o- over the last few years that I've been there, and they just been getting smaller and smaller. Um, so this year we're gonna we're gonna join the Junior PGA League, um, which is um, Area golf courses have a team put together um, for different age groups, um, and we travel to, you know, I know Rutland had a team, um, I know Dorset had a team, um, so and and in Ludlow they had a team as well. Um, so we'll have these golf courses we can go to. He wants to do junior camps, um, you know, he wants to do some upgrades on the range, so and get more families involved. Um, you know, and, and the prices that he's, he's charging, I mean, junior membership's $175, um, you know, and, and that's, that's very cheap, I think. Um, 
you know, you have your kid come up, you know, um, he, he, they, they, they're there all day. I mean, I grew up on a golf course. That's, that's what I did. I got dropped off in the morning and, and picked up at the end of the night. Yeah. And, and spent the whole day and, and they get to meet people though. They're going to grow, um, as, as they, you know, in, into men, women, um, and they mature a lot faster. Um, I, I believe at a golf course. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's one of the big differences between you and me. I mean, your parents, our parents dropped us off at the golf courses. Mine never came back. So, <laughs> but I found my way home, I left the breadcrumbs. So. <laughs> Hello, this is Adam O'Coin, sports editor for the Rowan Herald, and you're listening to The Inside Pitch, the Rowan Herald's local sports podcast. You can find the inside pitch on the Rowan Herald website under the sports menu. It's also on Facebook and Twitter. The Rowan Herald also has a sports newsletter that goes out via email every day. Sign up for that on our website. Questions, comments, suggestions, email sports at rowanherald.com. Tell me a little bit, we're talking about like, you know, a little bit of prices. I'm looking at the price structure at Nashville and everything right up through age 30 is very, very low. What's the philosophy here? I mean, you really look like you're really throwing it in with the young people. He, uh, John's whole theory was let's be aggressive. Um, I'm not saying things are going to change next year, but he, he wants to make a splash. Um, bring Nashville back to what it used to be. I mean, back in the day, Nashville had four or 500 members. Um, you know, and, and granted, other golf courses, it was the same situation. But, you know, it's it, Nesheby is a very blue-collar uh, club. We want to stay that way. Um, so he, he wanted to make it affordable um, to these people in, in, in Brandon. You know, we, we targeted um, a couple of the businesses in town um, to make a, a, group, um, a, a group price. For corporate groups and and these people are you know I've heard that they're coming back you know people that hadn't been back in years um, I'm noticing names that have joined already that were members in the past and and they're just excited for new blood to come into Nashville mm. um, you know granted I wasn't around back when you know they started the the lifetime members and and how it had all occurred, but you know apparently there was some bad blood that went back then, and and they're just excited to have somebody come in with these fresh ideas and and try different things, and and try to work with the community more. You know, Brandon's with with all the construction that happened in Brandon, and Brandon's come around and it's a lot mm-hmm. lot better in town and and. You know the upgrades that they did downtown. Um, you know we're trying to get more involved with the town and, and get people to come up, have lunch, and and play golf. You know and learn to play golf. You know um, we are going to have a golf pro on site um, on most days, um, hopefully seven days a week. But right now, um, definitely part time. Um, a name, a blast from the past. Um, Rodney Bicknell is going to be back and, and helping us out um, as much as he can. And, and Rodney, I believe, was the pro there for 15-plus years. Um, local guy, great guy, um, loved everybody. And, and, you know, I'm glad to have him there, and, and we're lucky to have him. 
So that and, and other people also coming in? Um, they're looking to hire somebody um, to, to do some more teaching on a full-time basis. Um, so Rodney doesn't have to be there all the time. Um, Rodney is retired, um, but uh, he is, you know, friends with John. Um, he's helped in the past couple years um, to try to transmission, transition me into uh, the GM position. Uh, and he's helped me out uh, tremendously. Um, so to have him come aboard and, and to try to help a, a young golf professional learn the business and, and learn how to teach, um, you know, you, you couldn't learn from, you know, a, a better person. Well, you know, I, I think that that should be having a full-time pro or pros there every day to teach is a really big step in the right direction. Rodney loved to teach, but Rodney loved to be out there hauling boulders too. He'd be doing stuff like with, with the greens. I'm sure you would love to have a guy like Rodney next to you every day. <laughs> I don't know how his back survived the way that he would go at it here, but uh, well, I think Matt's that, already got his feet wet there. He was hauling hauling big logs the other day. <laughs> <laughs> you've been chopping. Now talk about it. you've been chopping down trees. What what kind of work is going on at the course right now? Mostly tree work. Yeah. Okay. When you're battling the weather, it takes longer than you think. Oh, but, yeah. These are massive pines. I think, I think they're 60-year-old pines probably, um, you know, 30, 40-inch diameter pines, and they take a while to pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, how, is that, how does that improve the course other than, I mean, we're like the border between uh, the second hole and what is it, the, the, six, the sixth six, hole. Six, okay, we had six, those. Those aren't so much in play, but why, why right. were those a good target for you to take them out? They were becoming dangerous. They were starting to starting to turn um, yellow. I think seems that the flood a few years back affected the growth uh, of a lot of those trees on the lower plane. Yeah, and uh, it was just it's their time. Um, now you know if we paint that covered bridge going over too, it'll be a nice open view of the covered bridge when you get to the top of that hole, and that it's kind of unique for a golf course. I think it'll be it'll be neat. Opens up the line of sight a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't feel so claustrophobic down in that hole. So, yeah, okay. Are, are are there any other plans as far as like opening things up that you have out there? I would like to, but um, that'll be that'll be down the road. Okay, all right. I, I don't think the ground will be frozen for that much longer. I hope not. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I have a few other trees that I need to take down just because they're uh, they're dead. But that's yeah. that's about it. I'd like to open up around some greens just to improve some airflow. Um, yeah, which would help the greens tremendously. Yeah. That's that's down the road. Okay. Is there anything that you can do as far as pace of play to open things up that, that you can uh, affect? Cut the rough short. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's that's always helpful. Of course, that course that's more money too. It means you're cutting it more frequently and everything here. But uh, right. Right. Yeah. yeah it but, yeah it pays off. I mean, get the get the golfer through faster. Yeah. Okay. Um, hey, and know, they enjoy themselves more. So. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> when you're not bumping into trees every two minutes, yeah, right. it's a lot better. It's a lot better. So Now, you've played a lot of courses. I'm kind of curious as to what you, how you stack up uh, uh, Neshebi as opposed to you know, a lot of other courses in Vermont because you've been around. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's one of my favorite in the state, hands down. I mean, Rutland is as well. It's, it's an old-style course, Rutland. Yeah. Neshebi, new-style course for the most part besides the old – Seven holes, I think there's left, and, right. and Durkee redid the rest of them. And 
the design is beautiful, every hole is memorable, and you know they're accepting of all ability levels of golfers. So I, you know, I always love the golf course, and I yeah, have nothing but good things to say about it. I'm I'm happy to be working there. Put it that way. That's great, <laughs> <laughs> and, we're and, happy and we're happy to have, to have, have him. Absolutely, I just got to go without saying too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about like Nesha B since Steve Durkee redid it back in the early 90s. Uh, and there are always, the, 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 we talk about the old holes and the new holes. And once you go over that bridge, you, it's like a whole different world here. So, uh, and there's nothing nothing terribly wrong with, with old holes. But I was kind of curious, is there is there anything like way in the distance that you'd like to see done differently with some of the old holes? I think the only problem with the old holes right now is the first green. It's just too steep for today's green speeds. Um, it's just too steep. It's, it's unfair when the, when the green speeds get up there, you yeah. know, 10, 11 on the stint meter. It's, your pin locations are minimal and the golfers, they don't enjoy it. Nobody likes to four putt. Slows down play. So yeah. I think, you know, the biggest thing would be um, changing that green, either rebuilding it or Resloping it somehow in the future, I think that would that would greatly help. Can that be done? Just resloping? You'd have to take the green out of play for a bit. Yeah, you'd have yeah. to, you know, cut into the front half and bring in material, build it up, and then resod it. Yeah. Okay. So it's doable. It just uh, yeah. you'd, you'd hate to take the hole out of play for a while. It'd be yeah. a, you know it'd probably be a fall project. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd like to see you do is take that first green and stick it on the back of the tenth, so you have a backboard there. Because <laughs> I'm always <laughs> over the tenth green. So. <laughs> so last year we cut a little runoff area back there. So oh, really? I wanted to give people the option of being able to putt the ball from back there. So we cut it at fairway height. Oh. Because I always hate that chip. <laughs> oh, oh. So you cut it so it's a fairway height. It's fairway height. Over the hump there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. This year I'll be putting off the front of the green. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, um, let's talk a little bit more about, you, you talked about, he, um, Matt, you talked about being competitive and being uh, as far as aggressive price-wise. Uh, is this, I mean, even if it were higher than it is right now, it'd still be a great price, you know, but is this kind of a, this the salary, st or the structure of uh, the uh, greens fees and the memberships, is that something we're going to have for static for a while, or are you expected to change in the, two, in the near future? You know, we're going to, it was one thing, John wanted to come in and be very aggressive in the first year. Um, we haven't actually talked much about um, what's going to happen next year. Uh, as far as is our price structure, um, but I see, you know, if if, if he see, sees this year as a profitable year, um, you know, I, I don't see why he would would change things much. Um, you know, every year things are going to have to go up. I mean, yeah. As far as a three percent increase, um, which is minimal, um, you know, that might happen. But I don't see it going up, you know. In the past, the membership, full membership, has been a thousand fifty, and this year it's eight seventy five. Where I don't see it getting to that thousand fifty, um, you know, anytime soon. Um, he wants to be, again, very aggressive. Put bodies on the golf course. Um, you know, if we put bodies on the golf course, we put bodies in the seat at, at the restaurant um 
you know, one hand washes the other. We, we get a bunch of golfers out, out there, you know, he's looking at trying to get anywhere from 80 to 120 golfers a day, um, which is, is a big number. Um, you know, in, in the past, you know, we've been lucky if we've had 50 or 60 a day. Um, you know, last year was, was a better year, but unfortunately, you know, the financial trouble, we were in a hole. Uh, we were in a deep hole, and um, we just couldn't get out of it. Uh, we did have a good year last year, but not, not you know, good enough. Um, you know, in, in talking with Cody, I know last year he said it w was harder to mow uh, and, and keep things ahead of the golfers um, because there were more golfers on the golf course. But, you know, um, this year hopefully he comes to me and says, uh, you know, you got to shut the tee down for, for an hour to let me mow. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we aren't going to be able to do that. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's with this aggressive pricing, um, you know, Hopefully it stays for a little while. Uh, I don't know, you know, again, I, we haven't discussed it further um, for the future. But, um, you know, golf is on the decline. So if, if we stay aggressive like this, people will come, you know. Um, the, and then we have the $300 membership, which is 25 miles. If you live 25 miles or more yeah, away. Yeah, glad you mentioned that, yes. $300. Yeah. So 25 miles away from the golf course, 300 bucks, you know, I've talked about it and I've worked out the numbers. It's, it's basically, you know, once a month, you know, we open up generally in April um, and close. We're the last one, usually the last ones, the first one's open, last one's closed and, uh, you know, middle of November and, you know, you're going to get almost six months and if you play once a month it's paid for it's it, it's done you know where a membership at 875 i think you have to play um 25 times or so um to basically get your money you know yeah pay for it yeah so um you know that's the best deal going the 300 dollars. if if you can if you live 25 miles away that's the best. That's that's unbelievable deal. And if you don't, just move farther away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the heck? Okay, okay. I can. All right, guys. I can see we're out of time here. I just wanted to, to bring you all up to speed as to what's going on. And that should be very, very exciting things. And. Uh, Really, a lot of gratitude from golfers in the area. Neshebi was something we would hate to have seen gone away, and now it's it's back, and it's going to be bigger and better than ever here. So, uh, we wish you all the best of luck this season, and hopefully, we don't have a whole month of rain like we usually get here the last uh, few years here. But uh, uh, things are, are certainly looking good right now. So, I want to thank Cody Larson, the superintendent at Neshebi, Matt Wilson, the general manager, for stopping by and sharing what's going on at the course with us today. Uh, I want to remind you that next week with the inside pitch, we'll be talking about uh, playoff pairings because it's going to be boys' playoff pairings next week. We'll probably be going on a Monday and then the girls the following week. But uh, right now, I want to thank you gentlemen again once uh, for showing up today and, and taking time out of your very busy day, which I know it is. So uh, I want to thank you all for joining us as well. This is Bob Fredette. We'll see you again soon here on Inside Pitch. Hello, this is Jack Healy from WSYB and the Northeast Sports Network. And you're listening to the Inside Pitch.
Rutland. Brought to you by our season sponsor, the Rutland Regional Medical Center. Healthy you, healthy together.